This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 424. Vinnie Brigance on the journey after the hypnosis. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. 103 episodes of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast later, Vinny Brigance is back on the program once again. And we'll link to the previous episode over in the show notes. You can find it by actually just going over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 424. That's the episode number of this one, and all the details around this week's episode will be archived there specifically for you. And Vinny is one of those people that um, I'm not going to do this introduction from the angle of he's gone through my business content and here's what he's done because there's enough people that are out there who are playing the game of trying to claim someone else's success, trying to claim someone else's brilliance. And yes, Vinny, I, I, I just called you brilliant and um, comment on this when you hear it on social media, by the way. You know, it's the fact that Vinny is somebody who dove headfirst into this hypnosis profession and did a whole bunch of the right things while also changing up a number of things. It's where we've got it on one of the pages for one of the programs that he's gone through of mine, where he, up until recently, successfully ran his entire hypnosis business without even having a website. It's something that reminds me of a phrase that I live by, and I forget who I heard say this for the first time, which is that as you're building out a website or maybe a landing page, it's that you should go ahead and build it from the assumption that almost everybody is going to look at it on a mobile device, because the odds are getting closer and closer that they might not even see it ever on a laptop, on a desktop computer. Remember desktop computers? I'm actually in front of one right now. My laptop's in my bag off to the side. So we find ourselves in a different era where getting in front of an audience is one that's very different than the strategies that were used in the past. Now, it's of course, as he's launched into offering trainings and teaching some of the methods that he's used, whether it's the success he's had in short form video on platforms like TikTok and then other social media channels, and specifically how he's kind of Frankenstein and Lego piece together, as well as pioneered many of his own methods for helping clients to quit smoking. So inside of this episode, you're going to hear us talk about his journey over the last two years and that of growing up and scaling his business, launching into training, uh, a moment in time where burnout almost kicked in inside of what he was doing and then opened up the opportunity for greater creativity. And one of the bigger takeaways inside of this episode is that of how do we increase engagement with our audience so that now, well, they're truly interacting with us, they're getting into a state of motion and momentum, and they're now more primed to officially become our clients. There are tons of takeaways inside of this week's episode, and you can find the show notes, you can find the links to check out Vinny over at the page specifically for this week's episode of the podcast. Head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 424, and that will bring you directly over to this week's episode. And while you're there, there's no need to ever try to reinvent the wheel when it's time to grow your hypnosis business. We launched a program about eight years ago called Hypnotic Business Systems. Now, over the years, I believe it had 
two different names. And as we've made improvements, as we've enhanced it, it evolved into something else. And then I practiced the art of what I call launching with raving fans, which is a fancy way of saying, hey, the people who already bought this, um, we've upgraded some stuff and just it's in your library already. And uh, act surprised, it's better now. So when it first came out, it was maybe a couple of dozen hours of video tutorials, mostly lecture, in the format of telling you what to do. Then by listening to the audience, I started to do more of the technical type things, like showing you the step-by-steps of things like social media marketing and search engine optimization, the things that are necessary to truly be found by your audience. And then, lucky for a lot of you, I moved away from Virginia, where I ran a business called Virginia Hypnosis for more than a dozen years, and then the program morphed once again to now become also Use My Stuff and Launch or Scale Faster. It's where I have published the real marketing campaigns, email sequences, even some of the graphics that you have as a member of Hypnotic Business Systems, full permission to model, duplicate, rip off, or just use as your own and slap your name on it. Uh, There's even an entire digital product that, you know, this was the thought of it going that so many people want to have passive income streams and... You know, is it the metaphor of breaking the seal? Is it the first cup of coffee in the morning? It's the idea that as soon as you've produced one, now you're into a sense of momentum and it's easier to keep going. So you have full permission to duplicate one of my best-selling programs and slap your name on it. I will tell you in advance, change the name. I believe I actually said that in the sort of tutorial for that section on that product, but change the name because if you Google it, well, of course, mine shows up, but then again, so do a bunch of others who didn't follow the instructions. Uh, So diving into that, it's now more than 24 individual proven business action plans. If you're starting up, you're going to see that the content goes in a rather particular order to guide you along the way. If you're in a scale-up phase, we rebuilt hypnotic business systems years ago so that now every module stands on its own, which means this is why it's called hypnotic business systems. I want to build out this and this. Focus on those two. Follow one course until successful. That's the acronym of the word focus. And then once you've got those in motion, now you can launch another system. And it's how here I am sitting in my home office. It's the Monday before this episode comes out. And I've got my team on the Attract Pre-Sold Client side of my world uh, all in town in Orlando here with me this week. And I already know I've got client sessions lined up for next week, for tied up this week. So it's that set it and forget it and build a business that grows itself over time. Check that out. Get the entire tour. It's a lifetime access with a brief installment option for payments, so it's convenient. HypnoticBusinessSystems.com. And with that, let's dive directly in back in the program once again. Here we go, session number 424, Vinny Brigance on the journey after the hypnosis. So it's been a fantastic journey. I started off with a smoking cessation clinic, helped over 500 people quit. Goals to get to 1,000, we're still heading towards that. And then since then, I've opened the, uh, the organic training or hypnosis training center. So that's been just through another business on top of a business, Jason. Things can get a bit hectic doing that, um, but that's primarily what I've been into. Yeah, and I'd love to kind of kick off from this angle that your main focus is that of working with people for stopping smoking. Now, is that the only thing that you do? Is there any other attached to that? Not entirely. I was able to 
build a pretty big online presence using strictly social media. And so from there, I have sent out a ton of referrals for things that aren't smoking cessation, uh, cessation but I, that is primarily what I see people for. I've niched pretty heavily there. Yeah. And just to see if the um, the bragging rights that I love the most still stands, still no website? That, oh, I'm going to disappoint you here, Jason. As of a few oh, months ago, well, I finally got Website for the one. training, I'll take. Yep, that's I'll right. Take the training for the website. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I was so pumped about that. But what's the what's the time frame of running that business without website? It was over three years. Was that an intentional decision or is that something that just kind of established and went, oh, I guess I'm that guy? Well, here, yeah, that, it did kind of fall into my lap. Here's the thing. Everyone was saying you had to have one. And then I was like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. But in the meantime, I need to take action. I need to start to build a market presence. Where are people? They're on social media. So I just started on Facebook, hammering away every single day. Uh, it, my content was terrible. You saw it in the beginning, you know, uh, yeah, like anything, yeah. you, you get better, <laughs> you know. Mine still can be found. Go find the ones where I'm dressing in a way to try to hide the fact that I was more overweight then and saying things I don't agree with anymore. And uh, it's, it's nice when people can go, oh, I love the new stuff. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I was like, I'll, I'll get around to it then. You know, you have a, a week with 170 leads come in and there's no website. You have a week with 200 leads and you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't need it. You know, like it just kind of became, I got so busy just making social media content. It was like getting around to it became a silly joke thing for me. Um, yeah, that's basically it, Jason. Well, it, it's kind of nice to find that as that perspective. And it's also a friend of mine describes it this way based off of the, well, actual baseball team, then based on the book, then based on the movie. Do you like that series of um, Kevin Bacon referrals here? Which would be, what's the money ball? You know, what is the thing that is truly driving the shape of the business? And it's where I'd give an example, actually, of someone who I just hired as a vendor to do some work inside of my company. And it was, oh, wait, I'm just doing that final due diligence step because I've met you at a few events. I know people who have used you. Uh, like, is that your website? And she goes, oh, no, we don't have a website because we can't handle any incoming clients and we really shouldn't be taking you on, but I want to work with you. That's like, awesome. Oh, okay. Followed by, here's the catch. Um, here's a dozen email addresses and phone numbers of people we're currently working with that could vet us. I'm like, okay, you're good. So it's that awareness as to, it's kind of why I never, this may change because the building is now officially under a contract for sale. We still have the Virginia Hypnosis website. You know, It still says on there that I'm in Orlando and all the sessions are online. And there really wasn't much of a need because somehow it was the two different podcasts and the groups that I run that became the source of clients. I, I want to come back to the marketing side of things in a bit. I'd be curious just to ask you this here, which is in the span of roughly about two years plus at this point, what's changed, if anything, in terms of, let's say, your perspective on whether it's hypnosis, whether it's how people produce change, or even specifically around stopping smoking? What's, what's been that shift over time, if any? Oh, boy. There's so many things to jump into there. Maybe go in reverse order. In terms of smoking cessation, I remember you and I had a conversation not too long ago about this. The expectation that I was building in a session was that 
essentially we're going to go through this process and you're going to magically come out the other side a non-smoker. That still happens occasionally, right? Like folks will have that experience. But I really learned to let go a lot of those, like bringing that stuff into a session and really just embracing the person in front of me, understanding where they are thinking about their behavior. And as I work with people in that very organic well, way. Hold, hold on there for a second. Get more specific on that, please. So then, mm-hmm. and I agree with you hundred percent. You know, there's a thing that I've shared over the years about subjective experience. And it's in part modeled after something from Don Motten, just put my spin on it of here's this group of people. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. It's just done. Here's this group of people where it's not really the issue. It's more the habit of the issue and just you're aware of it, but you're also amused that you're not doing it, which is oddly my favorite one because of the irony and the just unique nature of it. The last group of people, it's where you may have that moment of like the, you know, the two voices. Yes, no, yes, no. Yet the difference is this time you're ready for it. You know, the moment passes because it's a nothing of an experience or you make use of something from the work and then you're fine. So as much as we'd love to aim for everybody in this flip a switch and the, what are these cigarettes you speak of? I've never, no, not, it's not brainwashing. Otherwise we'd be charging <laughs> more and booking less time. So, so what's different in terms of your communication, your process around just that, that expectation part of it? Yeah. Fantastic question. So when you and I were talking a long time ago, you said, you know, some people have had this problem for a really long time. It might take them a little bit of time to get rid of it. And that's where we talk about multiple sessions and things like that. So sort of how I'm approaching this, Jason, there is the person in front of me. I know I can't stop smoking for them. It's not about me. It's about that person. It's about what's going on inside their head. I need to find out what that is. And as we work on that, one of the things I like to explain to clients is like the journey starts after the session's over right? Yeah. It's not about what we just did. The most important part of this process is when you leave here today, or for me, when we hang up the Zoom call, because I'm 100% online. Uh, But it it is just that, right? And so whatever experience they have, they need to honor, right? They need to understand that like, you've done an important thing here. It's okay if you're a little upset, if you're a little angry, if things are bothering you, you might find yourself feeling great. You might find yourself just feeling filled with energy, you know? So I just kind of recap a lot of things as people that have quit smoking experience. And I I let them know that in advance. I do it even on the strategy call, Jason, I do it before we begin the work and then I do it afterward. And they still have questions about it because one of the most remarkable things I've realized with people, they're just not okay with what they're feeling. They're always feeling like they need to shift it or it should be different. And I'm saying, no, you're you. You need to be present with this. That's why it's the Organic Hypnosis Training Center, right? It's all about that person really getting in there um, and letting go of some some of the expectations that we would have for them and that they might have about what the experience is going to look like. Well, let's let's go into just the user feel of this for a moment because it's where the, yeah, but that could pop up without the proper framing would go oh, but I'm still having the craving. I'm still thinking about it. That means it did not work. And what's your approach to then addressing that? Yeah. So I actually tell them on the front end, it's entirely possible after we get done talking here today, you're going to have cravings. You're going to have a desire to smoke. We're doing this work at such a deep level. As these changes integrate, you're going to notice that's going to go away. Right. And some of this is chemical, right, Jason? We know as the nicotine leaves the body and all this type of stuff. But I really believe we're getting, we're working underneath the problem, right? We're getting 
to the to the real problem. Essentially, like if smoking's the symptom, once we solve the real problem, the symptom's going to go away given enough time and just letting this sort of happen. Now, that's a little bit different than a conventional approach. And I, I have testimonials from people saying, I don't know what you did to me. I thought you were <laughs> full of junk, you know, and I smoked as soon as we were done. Two weeks later, I can't even be bothered with a cigarette. It's like a little kid that's just had so much mac and cheese and they can't stop asking for mac and cheese. My, this is a story for my little boy, right? And then I go to the Sam's Club, I buy him 800 packs of mac and cheese and he doesn't want it anymore. I'm like, well, that's, oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you and I are about the same age. Do you remember the cereal triples? No, I don't remember that one. Oh, dude. Okay. Welcome to the triples episode of Work Smart Hypnosis. <laughs> They're not a sponsor because they don't make it anymore. Puffed corn, puffed wheat, puffed rice. So corn pops, rice krispies, and then whatever the other one is. But you're, you're coming onto a theme which I love, which is, hey, let's not deny reality. You're going to know these things exist. And there's a pattern around that I'll sometimes get into that I could tell you that as a result of leaving here today, you will notice no changes as if some means to like, you know, anesthetize or numb whatever feelings and that could work. Yet what's more effective is to utilize what's ever there. That, you know, it's the it's the shampoo pattern that this one's tingling. I can feel it's working. It's <laughs> utilizing these moments to go, when you feel this, it now means this. Yeah. Yeah. You said something to me a long time ago about how all hypnosis is, I think you said complex equivalence and suggestion. I think you said it breaks a cause and effect income. It's either pacing and leading or it's the uh, complex equivalence pattern. It's And their issue is already anchoring. So you just need to anchor something new. Right. Yeah. You may have your certificate now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. I finally made it. (laughs) Yeah. So then in terms of that conversation though with the client, like how are you telegraphing that? I have slides. I used to explain it. I just share my screen and kind of walk through some playful imagery. But the biggest point of emphasis, because it's it's not all that scripted. I really don't work in that way. I don't have a problem with people that do. I just want to throw that out there. I work however you want that works for your clients, right? Well, it's I've got to go back to, um, it's a Richard Nongard line that the people who say they're anti-scripts are either one of three things. One, not actually doing the work at all, and they're just repeating the popular thing. So let's dismiss that one. No harm. The second one is they are using them, but they're saying the popular thing, and they're liars, and their pants are on fire. Or three, which I'd imagine you fit into this category of, which this is something that Bob Burns said when he was on here too, around repeatable pattern, that you may go into this mode for that specific thing, the way that I I would reference for a comedian you think they're brilliant when suddenly here's the person in the crowd and it's, what do you do for a living? And suddenly they've got nine minutes of lawyer jokes. <laughs> but then when he's in the next town over and there's another lawyer, it's the same jokes. And you're quitting smoking because your friend who's around our age and around the 40s suddenly got really sick and it's this wake up call and there's a kid on the way and you just feel more guilty that you're having to dismiss yourself from all of your life and just enough is enough. You're not enjoying it anymore. I got eight minutes on that. I like that. I'll, uh, I can explain, but I, I want to point out, because I think you were, didn't, you used to be like a stage manager. Isn't that correct, Jason? A stage manager in theater originally, yeah. Yeah. So the actors on the stage, right? They didn't just go up there and improv. They had a script. They, You know what? I don't, I don't like this to be or not to be thing. Could I say it differently? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
they internalized the script. They memorized it. They went up and said the line. So I think a lot of times, just I, the only reason I bring this up is because I think as I've gotten into training, I've noticed there's these certain like camps. Sometimes they're, you know, we're all great people. We all want what's best, but sometimes we're not particularly kind uh, with some of the communication that I've come See, Here's where you're wrong on that, Vinny. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it is what it is, right? I. Uh, it's the origin of the, we help people. Right. Like, wow, there's... A lot of attacking because someone used progressive muscle relaxation, which might be one of the most well-researched methods in all of the work that we do. But uh, yeah, we help people. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's where it shakes out. I just kind of, yeah, when I'm working with a client, I really don't, I don't plan a lot. I don't use like a traditional pre-talk. I, I don't, I just start asking them questions. I start to learn about what's going on. Well, I want to, I want to pause you there. I'm going to interrupt you here a few times only for the reason that It'd be easy to hear that and go, oh, that means I need Vinny's specific process, which, yes, you train. We'll come around to exactly where they can find you, of course. Hey, we'll give it to them now. WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash 425. That'll bring you over to the show notes. All the links we have yet to talk about will soon be there now that someone got off his butt and made a website. Though, I want to look at it more from the perspective here of just unpacking it, which is, was that a conscious decision? to not do the pre-talk. Yeah, I can walk you through sort of the experiences I had. So when I started my smoking cessation clinic, I really wasn't networking with hypnotists. I was just all about seeing clients. And uh, and I've done trained with just fantastic people in this industry that work differently than me. And it's great. And I'm, I'm going to just say, do that, right? I, I do something different. I don't want to like besmirge anybody. I think this stuff's great. Uh, I did run into some issues working in a more traditional way. Like, uh, it, you know, a second session, someone would come up and say, Finn, I'm, I'm really struggling here. And then we would start to explore what was going on. And Jason had nothing to do with a cigarette at all. Oh, my daughter said something about me on social media and I'm super embarrassed. I love her house. I love her so much. How could she do something like this to me? These would be the things that would come up and then they'd want the cigarette. So what I would do is just start to explore that with them. Okay, we'll talk about this thing with the daughter. Tell me a little bit more about it. And I, it's not really about what I'm saying to them. It's almost like I'm just giving them a space to really reflect on what's going on. And as I do that, this beautiful unconscious communication, sometimes hallucinations, regressions, just incredible stuff that we would maybe guide somebody to would just happen spontaneously. And I would go, well, this is something incredible. Uh, Because I'm so smart, Jason, it took me forever to realize, why don't I just start there, right? It took me forever to get around to that because I would do my normal stuff. And then there was a hit rate, you know? Uh, But what I found was just by working with the person in front of me and leaning less on technique, depending more on the client and their unconscious mind to show me what we need to work on, that's where I started to get uh, a, a way that works for me really, really well and that I, that I show people now. Well, I like that because one, it makes every process different, not just for the sake for our amusement, but it comes around to where we can look at it from that angle of going, well, here's what they brought to the process. And rather than everybody who does this is because of that and everybody has this because of this, that it's if all you had was a hammer, everything would start to look like a nail. And Instead, it becomes a very unique experience. I'd ask a slightly leading question, uh, which you, because people are interacting with you, you know, in terms of content online in advance of coming into that space, which is, yes, online, it's where you probably already have a lot of that rapport, a lot of that comfort, 
already, oh, wait, this whole pre-sold client thing that I keep talking about, uh, where they're coming into it and they already have that connection. They've been mentally rehearsing a dialogue with you, but now they're coming into it for the first time in real time. Yeah. I think there is some real value in that. I think having that web presence that people can just absorb helps tremendously, right? It's it, it, They can self-select. Like no one just, well, I can't say that's true, Jason. I have had people like just pop into a live Oh yeah. Book account, book on my calendar. Hey, what are you doing? I just want to pay you and be done with this. It's usually like doctors and stuff. It's wild. Mm-hmm. All right. But for the most part, people take their time and they really want to. So I think there is a lot of, some of that's being handled prior to even getting on the strategy call with me where we go through the sales process. So it's awesome. Is that kind of what you were alluding to there, Jason? Yeah, yeah. It's looking at it from the angle of, well, it's the question that pops up like if we're doing a training and I'll you know, talk about how and when and why I might use of, make use of suggestibility tests in a different context than the traditional, yet when I may use them, when I might not use them, and it comes around to what is that level of rapport and expectation that's already there? And if I need to elevate it, okay, let's do some sort of hypno demo, hypno stunt, and then use that complex equivalence. The way that this happens is the same way that this happens, which means this is what's going to happen. And it's now just priming the process, but it's not, oh, I always use this thing and this thing and then that thing. It's about, well, like you said, being in the moment, truly holding space with that person in front of you. Yeah. It's it's incredible what their mind will come up with. I love learning this stuff with people. I love learning the different ways they do it, the techniques. I think it's fascinating. But what blows my mind even more, what that person's unconscious mind will spontaneously generate, it's so rich with meaning for them, right? We could have, I could have had them, I could have created a similar experience. It's almost like though, just because it's coming from them, it, it convinces them so much more. And it makes my job easier, right? I just get to chill out. And hang out and kind of like, like, yeah, it's weird, huh? When they come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just a fun way to work. You're, you're right. If you see smokers all the time too, it, there is that familiar patter. For me, that got a bit, if I'm being honest, it got a bit tedious. It's like, oh God. It's like, you know, and like I'm really passionate about helping them, but I'm also human. So that right. burnout's very real. And being able to work in this more dynamic way, it's like, well, we're talking about uh, we're talking about shapes. That's strange. What what is what does that have to do with quitting smoking? And they quit. Let's go into that too here, which is that moment of burnout, which, you know, yes, okay, let's go positive psychology on this. Behind every action is a positive intent. And I'll bring this back to myself when I started with stage hypnosis. And I did at one point 300 plus programs in a year, which is where you do like multiple things across multiple schools in one county. And it's like, here's the assembly. Here's the one in the afternoon. Here's the evening fundraiser. Now I'm driving home. And it was kind of looking at the, was I burning out because of the driving? Yeah, that was a huge part of it and being away from family. Um, Was I burning out because I would have these moments where I'm like the audience and I can, I can turn on the theater brain and let it be performance ready every single time. Uh, my first week working at a theme park when I was in my teenage years was the management of entertainment going, don't count your shows, it'll kill your soul. And I did. I'm like, cool, 628 <laughs> <laughs> or however many it was. I forget the number. No, but it's that ability to approach it as being fresh, yet it was when I was having that internal dialogue of... I don't see why they're laughing now. Like, okay, it's working. 
and I can go through the motions of this program and be in real time with them and to go inside of it to go, is this an away from or is this a toward? And it was a toward motivation because here's everything else that I've built since I pulled myself out of the stage work. So it's where from that burnout, you could say that it was the tedious nature of doing the same thing over and over. But then again, that's what helped you to kind of find this culmination. Because if I remember from the last time we talked, it's a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Here's my spin on this. But it's where that gave you the space to become more creative and truly make it your own. Yeah, a thousand percent. That's. I think this is something I, I remember we had a, a brief conversation about on episode three, two, one. Sleep. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> it was something along the lines of um, clients being our most important teachers, or you know, and that's saying something because we have some fabulous teachers in our industry. Like I think you've won awards yeah. and stuff. Ultimately, it is that that I think that process of burnout is probably natural, and I think it's probably necessary for your mind to create new things. I think it just kind of out of that boredom, the creativity can emerge. I think you really hit hit that one, Jason. I will pause there so we can hear that there was a compliment, I think, in there somewhere. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I would never. Well, which back to the original question, though, I mean, in terms of even what it takes for someone to activate a change, you know, even hypnosis is part of the vehicle that helps to create this thing that people are able to do on their own. You know, that's my stop smoking story with my grandfather. He found out that his four-year-old grandson said, I don't want to go to grandpa's house. He smells bad. And he just threw every bit of it out and moved on. And there's people who make the changes that rapidly on their own. And ours is the vehicle that helps to create that shift for people who need that additional assistance. So um, what does it take for someone to produce a change? I mean, I think that story, I know there's no formal hypnosis happening there. There's just something about being human. I swear that's the most hypnotic thing Anytime there's that moment of authenticity or vulnerability, there's a reason why we suddenly open up to it, right? Jason, you're like, man, I feel, even if you didn't like that guy, right? Just you start to empathize. There's something powerful happening there. And those moments where suddenly the grandpa's looking at this problem differently, looking at himself differently, the path's right in front of him. I can go down this and have the smelly house and even if, even if he comes over, I'm going to feel bad because I know what's really going on in his mind. Like it's just hitting him differently. Same, same activity, smoking, and now looks different. That's a beautiful thing, right? That's a very beautiful thing. And so I, I don't know. I don't have like a – I really wish I had like a sweet theoretical thing to lay out for you here. But I think there is something about just embracing reality. I always say the truth is the path to freedom. And I'm a – big believer in that. So when I'm working with clients, it's all about trying to be as honest with what's going on as possible. And I'm not like trying to hurt people's feelings. You know, I just want to give them a moment to look at it kind of like what your son did there. That's really great. Do they need additional support? Sometimes, yeah, right. Some people do, Jason. That's kind of how it goes. Some people need a little bit more encouragement. I don't like to give people techniques, even though I like learning them. I like to see what happens organically in a session. Because sometimes the technique they need is, you know, I could just sit in this chair and look at my, my, my grandson here. I could just sit in my rocking chair. I don't need to, well, I really don't need to smoke to relax. This gives me way more joy. And it's like, they, that was there the whole time, Jason. They just never had a moment to actually look at it that way. And they never smoke right. again. So it's like kind of like tasking in a way for support. But um I'm not directing it per se. 
And again, I'm not 100% against doing that. People got to do what they got to do, right? You, you work the way you work and yeah, that's fine. Well, let's let's take that to sort of the business side of things, which is that, you know, so one part of it was you, okay, you labeled it as laziness. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is where eventually it was like, oh, here's everything I've done that now brings everybody into these meetings, into these calls with me. Let me just lean into that. Talk us through what that, you know, the, the, the trade term is that of content and commerce. The biggest mistake that most people are making in their businesses, especially in the hypnosis space, is trying to go direct response when they don't yet have the rapport to pull that off, which is the call this number to book your session. And you're like, what is it? What happens? And the balance of what I've seen you do over the years in terms of the social content. So give us, give us some insight in terms of what's working for you right now in terms of that audience, that engagement, that bringing people in. Yeah, I think... So this is really, there's a lot there. It still is about confronting reality. Like that's a, th a through line for me with everything. But I think some things that set me apart is all the stuff you're not seeing going on behind the scenes, right? Like it, you yeah. see me post three, four, five, six times a day sometimes, right? I'm just churning out content like crazy. Well, what's happening behind the scenes is I'm getting DMs from people. They're asking me questions, right? And... Uh, I might just video reply to them. You know, there's a video reply feature on Facebook Messenger. Let's say that's the app. Well, why wouldn't I just make a quick 20 second video? It's, it, and again, it's just going to be authentic and real, whatever. It, that's how I do things. A lot of one take shooting going on over here. And that extra step though, of like seeing the face, hearing your voice, I think there's some value to that. Plus I want them to know I'm not some weird spammy bot. So I think that hits people differently. Those little things. If I ever DM somebody, like cold DM, it's never to ask them for something. It's like, hey, I saw you were struggling with this. Here's a, a video I made about that. I hope that helps. There's zero expectations for me, right? And I'm, I'm ghosting that DM so fast, <laughs> right? Like I, I want it to be like, here's a gift, right? I'll see you later, that kind of thing. Um, it would only be to add value. Or I have done it in the past when I started my clinic to get to do some market research and I just had a, 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 a random memory come back. I actually helped somebody quit doing market research one time, Jason, just by asking them questions and learning about what was going on. That's wild. I, I actually just connected that now like, oh, yeah, now you just do that. That's strange. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's weird. Well, it's the power if we want to get nerdy and bring technique into it, that of, you know, chunking down, asking questions to yeah. unpack the reality and then going for values, the whole meta model, chunking down, chunking up. The side effect of that sometimes is it just creates the result. And then people give you every bit of the credit because they think you did it. And really, you were just asking questions to back to what you said about sit there for a moment and look at the photo of the grandkid. It's that suddenly they can't look at it the same way they did before. It doesn't work the same way it did before. So just to try to get creative with my transitions here, for the person who's stalling on getting themselves out there on any kind of social media. And it's clear the ones that you're using and they all work. And it's a matter of which one is going to be that main point of focus. Let's look at it from the content perspective. What are you kind of doing to keep up that frequency and have something to talk about? Yeah, that's huge. If I'm being honest, there, there's moments when it's a bit repetitive and boring. It's like, what's a different way I can talk about this? Yeah, that does happen. So that that's just a reality we have to accept. Although, let me just yeah. share my take on that real quick. It's that mm -hmm. never assume the audience has seen everything that you do. A thousand percent. 
Yeah. And it's a different audience each time. And if you ever need a reminder, you know that Starbucks sells coffee and they keep reminding us <laughs> that they, they sell coffee. Yeah. Yeah. About that. That's a really significant point. In terms of just like the, the creation side specifically though, knowing that there's going to be times when it's repetitive, one of the things that helps me enjoy it more is actually engaging with folks. And there's easy ways to do this. Literally, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this. You said, I'll just ask questions on social media. Like, what do you think about secondary gain? Right? I'll just ask a question like that. I had no idea how loaded the opinions were either. I, I really oh, yeah. did not hang out with it since I just saw clients. I was like, oh, a lot of beliefs. It's cool though. <laughs> it's cool. But then it's like, let's say you get 30 replies. Well, why couldn't I make a video about those replies? Right? Exactly. I can yeah. speak to all of them. Like, speak to what people are acting. What's in their head? Talk to that. I remove yourself from not your personality, but remove like, how do I say this? There's, there's the how, then there's the how you do the how. Okay. The how could be hypnosis. It can be coaching, whatever. How you do that though, is going to be tailored to the individual and they're not going to understand it from your frame of reference. I don't, I barely understand what hypnosis is. I've worked, changed the way I work entirely in three years. So, okay. Like, uh, how could I possibly know? But I know there's something really powerful occurring. How would I expect some prospective client to understand what I'm talking about? It would just be a lot of, you know, jargon and things. And some of that's very useful, especially if you're working a traditional way. I think you got to kind of help them cross that bridge. But ultimately for me, it's like, what are the questions they're asking about how to get free of this problem? How can I speak to those consistently? And then kind of nudge my solution in there for them. Talk about why it's different. I, I can give you an example of that if it's helpful, Jason. Yeah, that'd be great. So like one of the things I'll do on a TikTok live, this is, this is insane. This will make everybody so much money. So please steal this and use it. So I'll say something along the lines like, you ever feel like there's just something underneath the surface that's keeping you stuck smoking? You really don't know what it is. Comment yes below. And then now there's a hundred people writing yes, which tells the algorithm, hey, show this live to more people. There's a bunch of engagement. And I'll say, yeah. So like, do you feel like it's a chemical problem or something else? And they go, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's something else. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So to the extent we don't solve that, what are the chances you're going to be smoke-free permanently? And now they have a context. Now, I don't know exactly what's inside their head as they're listening to that, but I know they found something. They at least are aware of something differently. And it's like, so that's what I do. My clinic helps people solve that thing that's underneath the surface that's keeping you stuck smoking. Not once did I mention hypnosis, right? I did it just, they don't have a context for it anyway. At some point I might bring it up if they get really into it, but now they're a bit intrigued because we've kind of positioned this problem of smoking as something else, right? So any way you can use that, I'd do it. <laughs> well, the, the great thing about that is, you know, the, the advice, well, let's go in reverse order in terms of just unpacking that, that the sort of phenomenon of short form video and how these other apps that are out there now have kind of taken over the ones that we would expect to be video. And people are now watching more hours of video on things that are not YouTube. In addition, of course, to YouTube is still there and running strong. And it's where the conversation used to be that, you know, the easy advice for someone was to go, okay, so just schedule time in your calendar, or even better if you can, and this is part of the move that I did to go, I just want my studio set up all the time. So all I have to do is click a button and from my devices, my lights are on, everything is all set up and suddenly I'm there, I'm live and all it took was hitting one button to turn on the lights and another button to start the stream. And it's changed though, because 
we don't want to come across that polished and everything smooth and perfectly put together, especially on the short form platform. So at one point, my advice was designate a space, even if it's like you're setting up a corner with a light and a camera. And when you come up with something brilliant after a session, then run over there and film it right then or schedule it throughout the week. And with short form, it's become so much more easy as well as so much more appropriate to just hit the button and record right then or go live. And it's more of come as you are, as opposed to let me now warm up the vocal cords and go into all that (laughs) prep type stuff. That's an awesome observation. Yeah, it is a significant shift, right? Because it was all about production value. Like you were trying to compete with folks that have a massive ad budget on the front end, and that's tough to do. Mm -hmm. Now it is literally just click and be authentic in front of a camera. Uh, But here's where it gets problematic, right, Jason? Like you see folks, um, I saw like there was like a, I don't know if I could say this, like a nudity challenge or something with coaches where they were basically taking pictures of themselves, not wearing clothes, like they were covering themselves. Got to say, I didn't expect that tattoo from you, but go on, you're sure. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so So here's the point. I want to make is like there's like actually being authentic, then there's this other thing where we're trying to play with the trend. And so that's tricky, right? I I don't want to give like vague advice or suggestions with people. And it's hard to just say, well, be yourself. Um, But ultimately that's going to come through on the, for being practical here, that's, that's going to come through through just doing it right. It's like, you should expect the first couple of times you try to film a video that you, you feel a bit unconfident and awkward and weird and you hate it. Like you're going to yeah. hate, that's going to happen for a while. And then you do it a hundred times and then you're like, okay, it's, it's getting better now. So you asked the question of what advice would I give people? It's literally just to start. It's going to be bad. And then eventually it's going to be all right. And you'll, people will hire you. We'll give you money to help them. I don't know anybody that hasn't had that experience. That's really successful in our industry. That's true across everything. Even into, we do a demo during a training sometimes and it's the, I can't do it that way. And my joke is just remember I've been at this now for going on about 20 years plus total since I first got involved with hypnosis as a hobby and then trainings and then thousands of clients. So really all that matters is just the quick, you know, honest math that I've done it several more times than you have. Yes. Yes. You got And, And it's not to go one is better than the other. It's instead that, you know, look, here's that journey of something. My spin on, you and I bonded originally, I think, on imposter syndrome to go, well, if we don't accept it has to be a legitimate thing, and instead look at it in terms of just a mathematical equation, you haven't done this thing yet. Yeah. And when you're the person who does the thing, you become the person who does the thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What was that other line you have about becoming it, Jason? Something You say something about something become it. It's not about, oh, not about niching, becoming the niche. It's about something along this line. Oh yeah. It's that. And especially with everything with AI and this on rush of content that's hitting the world, which can't ignore it. It's definitely there. Make use of it in the ways that serve you. Yet it puts us up against the volume game. Doesn't work the same way anymore of, I've heard the advice before of, keep putting it out there even when no one is listening yet, because that's going to show you're serious and then they will. And I would say that advice isn't as grounded as it used to be because now we're up against a volume issue, but the true nature of it is your niche is not just what you do, who you do it for, and how you do it. It's who you are to the audience. And that's why 
there's people who, well, here you are. You know, you went from seeing clients to now you're running courses. And that happens over time. It's the friends from the theater career and everything backstage production to watch America's Got Talent and go, oh, I saw them backstage 25 years ago. Wow, it took them 25 years to become an overnight success. That's huge. I feel like that grounding that in reality like that's so huge for folks because it's like, I mean, it's so easy to fall victim to that. And it, I guess if I were going to like emphasize any one thing, it's just if you don't start consistently taking action, if you need, if it's a skill set issue, Jason will teach you how to do stuff with business, right? There's folks out there for that. If you don't go for it though, you're just going to continue to suffocate under the weight of your own unrealized ambition and potential. And that's no way to live. Well, let's let's take your story there and put it into a context that here's what that could have been. It could have been um, this lazy, good for nothing. No, wait, wait, no. <laughs> this guilty charge. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have the talent to throw together a freaking just one page website. I mean, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, this this um, epiphany to harness social media and community. That let's go with that one here. Yeah, we're friends and use that. And it's where it could have been. I mean, I, of course, not going to say names, but anyone listening to this who's been around this space for a while, you know, those people who have been talking about putting together that website, who have been talking about uh, launching that event, writing that book, and looking at things from the perspective of, again, my phrase on this is the when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. And it, let, let's go into this. I mean, you're putting a ton of content out there. And of course, everybody on the internet is extremely friendly and yep. they say <laughs> only nice things. And they're like, wow, did you know you're also handsome on top of being yeah. so smart? <laughs> Sometimes I get that. Uh, it's pretty, pretty not often. Usually there's uh, there's going to be some hate, right? So there's some strategies here for this, right? Yeah, go for it. I have a video up on YouTube how to turn trolls into cash, if anybody wants to watch that. But like, if you think about it, the algorithm doesn't care if they're saying nice things or mad being mean to you a lot of times. Let me take a step back. So I, I focus so hard on community and like scaling one-to-one relationships, really showing up for people. It's like, if you say something nasty about me on a comment, sometimes I'll let it play out if I'm feeling a bit malicious, but a lot of times I'll delete it to protect the troll. Because my community will viciously attack you, you know, but it's like that didn't happen overnight either. That was a lot of putting myself out there regardless of the like, you know, you're going to be judged and I would be lying if I were to sit here and act like that didn't affect me. Like it doesn't feel good when people say mean things to you. That's okay. But sometimes that's an indicator that there might be an insecurity within you that you could learn about. And now you're even more bulletproof when you show up or that person's just a jerk and you can block them. Right, like we, we don't have to be afraid to do that. That's why there's a, a feature in the tool. So make this very simple, as binary as you can. Like, is this an opportunity for me to learn something uh, about myself? Do I just need to block this person? Uh, do I want to let the algorithm run? And just now there's 500 comments on this. That's hilarious. It has nothing to do with the content, but it's being showed to more people now, right? And there's a chance that someone that wants to quit smoking sees that video. You said just the right thing. They book a call and, and now we've we've got a new client. You know, you know how you can't say you know how you can't say politics aside anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so politics aside. Uh, <laughs> I go back to a moment around 2007, probably early 2008. And those of you outside of the US 
Sorry, but you'll know some of the names I'm about to reference. And it's where it became historically at this moment, very clear that John McCain was going to be the candidate for president on the Republican side. And it was like down to the final wire, is it going to be Hillary Clinton or is it going to be Barack Obama? Now the internationals are going, oh, I know how the story ends. And it's this moment that I always remember where John McCain was on Saturday Night Live and they did this bit around, hey, let them keep fighting. Let them keep going at it. Yeah. By the way, I'm over here too. <laughs> there is something to be said about, you know, I wouldn't go so far as the classic phrase that there's no such thing as bad press. Right. However, there is engagement and it's amplifying it. And I do appreciate what you said about this probably isn't helping that person. Let's just take that down from there. You, you had mentioned something before we dove in here that I'd just be curious to nerd out on here a bit, which is that you mentioned some of the tech that you've brought in to kind of simplify this. Um, what, what can you share that you've been doing on that side? I've really developed an affinity with Descript. I think this is a, a such a useful editing tool. Uh, that's been huge for me. Oh, Descript. Descript. Yep, that's right. I think I said Descript yeah. in a really weird way. Wow. Yeah. Descript is great. I, I said Zapier. I said Zapier wrong for 10 years. I finally... <laughs> I met their team at a conference in the marketing space. They're like, it rhymes with happier. I go, you should have said that. That's your slogan. Just use that. <laughs> that's a good That's a good point. Descript.com. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I love that tool. There's AI stuff built into it. That's fun. Suddenly you look like you know how to shoot a professional video. It's yeah. pretty cool. A bit of a learning curve, but it wasn't that bad. It was mainly me. Like it, it's a whole thing. Anyway, it's, it's worth, that's worth an investment. I would say um, I was playing with one stream. For a while, I, I just kind of got away from that, like the the fake lives. I don't know. Sometimes I get actual engagement in the comments during it. It's like, well, this is weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think it draws like it used to. I'll. You know what? It's really drawing right now, Jason. Is text based posts on things? Uh, that's crazy. I think it's because it's almost like the opposite of the the short form video content. Anybody who wants to listen to a true nerding out moment, hey, Vinny, did you know that if you post it from your phone rather than your computer, you get more characters on Facebook to do that sort of oh, background post? Cool. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. If you if you started on your computer, for anyone zooming into this who uh, was popular in high school, let me now catch you up. On Facebook now, there's a function where like sometimes it's like a graphic thing. Sometimes there's like a colorful background. And you could, of course, choose it for yourself. But if you're doing that on your computer, it gives you less characters that you can post. And suddenly you hit this magic point where you put in one more letter or one more piece of punctuation or that extra space, and suddenly it looks like a regular post. But then if you did it instead from your smartphone app or tablets work the same way with the apps, I don't have the exact number, but you get more space. Right. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. It's those littlest of things that I keep using the catchphrase of all the crap we didn't plan on becoming experts at. Right. That's such a good yeah. point. <laughs> I guess in that note, another thing that's been really huge for me is like batching content. It's not quite a technical yeah. solution, but it's just an operational solution that I, man, I really did not want to do that. I thought it was going to be more difficult. No, it's awesome just to spend four hours on the weekend or on a Friday or whatever day is good for you and just make like. 15, 20 videos, just knock them out. Some short, you could take a long form video, cut that up, right? Because it, there's something about those 
not everything you say is going to be brilliant, right? The conversation like this, there's going to be some some nuggets though. And boy, oh boy, isn't that a great 30 second clip somewhere? Now people are intrigued. I'd be curious because this is one that's popped up in a bunch of conversations around here's where you're, you're exactly right. It's that it's not just, oh, I saw this post. Okay. So like they're calling you and paying you. Well, there's some engagement that's happening even in terms of the direct messages. Are you doing anything to keep those organized? Yeah. Let me try to explain it at a high level. So let's say I did something that I know is going to get a lot of attention. Okay. And then I've got some things where I might ask people to do things that whether it's for me or for them, but it might be a bit uncomfortable. Like I'm going to ask you to take this risk this week in your marketing something like that. I will structure that afterward, right? I'll put that afterward because I know it's going to get less attention. So I've got the post that's going to get a lot of engagement. Then I maybe have a post where I ask you to do something. Now I'm going to go back and like all your comments after I post it the second thing. Okay. Because now you get the notification, you go to your phone, you scroll up, you go, Oh, what's that? Oh, I don't want to do that. For anyone who might not, who might not have followed that, I'll just walk through the example of that. And this is true on every platform. Here's the Facebook example, which is you ever get that message and it doesn't show up because it's in the message requests. And there's a whole stacking system as to if you have a friend connection with them, if you, and the term that I keep hearing is quote, blow up their social, which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean to blow it up. No, of course not. Or go (laughs) crazy with it, but it's to swoop in and find something just to drop a comment on. Right. And it increases the algorithm's chance of you actually, you know, that message truly actually delivering. That's huge. So, so exactly. Right. And so from that one, those two posts now, you've got the post for me that you engaged with. Okay. You replied, I liked it or whatever, reacted to it. Then I have my other thing going on. There's a a better chance of you seeing it. Now I'm going to come back and respond to your comment. Right. And it's just this, so out of the, I'm getting as much as I can. I am posting a lot, but I'm getting as much as I can out of those two. Because it's really about creating the same thing I did with folks that want to quit smoking. Now it's like, how do we create this um, interpenetration of ideas uh, amongst all of our colleagues and peers, hopefully in a hospitable way. We're doing the best we can there. But it's uh, it's that type of approach, right? It's, uh, yes, I want, I want it to be my community, but that's, it has to be our community, right? I'm just doing it in a digital context, like a Facebook page or a YouTube or you know Instagram, whatever it is. So it's the same type of methodology, but the timing on when you react to something, you can leverage a lot of value out of that. And like you said, Jason, just being a good guy and showing up on someone else's page and just just giving value, right? I've there. Don't go there trying to steal attention. You know what I mean? That's a big no-no. Like I've had folks just link to their trainings on my post. And I'm like, dude, if you would have hit me up, I would have like interviewed you and talked about it and put it on YouTube or something, you know? Oh yeah. About that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? like I'm here to help, you know? And I'm only smiling because of my window is open on my, one of my desktop windows here at my computer. I'm laughing because like in the moment I was talking about something popping in as a message request, I just got one. Is it a direct offer? Yes, they didn't follow the instructions, but we'll take care of them. Anyway, (laughs) you and I just did the thing, which I love, which is having a three-hour conversation in roughly 45 minutes. Before we wrap this up, first of all, uh, let's do this in reverse order. Where can people track you down? How can they find you? Yeah, vincentbrigantz.com now. That's a thing that exists. Look at that. So yeah, just go there. I've got all my socials linked up. And feel free to hop on any of my social media. Like, I think 
as a practitioner, I, I, it's weird for me to come into an environment like this and give advice because it's not really what I do. I always just say, watch what I do and then emulate what works for you. Just start experimenting with it. You'll, you can see what's getting attention. The, the only problem you're going to run into there is a lot of the stuff that I do that doesn't get a ton of attention is what converts because it's just, maybe I'll leave this here, Jason. Like, have you ever had a moment when you consume a piece of content and it blows your mind so much? You forget to like, like the post, you maybe share it with somebody. You're like, I can't believe yeah. this, right? That type of content is going to create not just a, a client, but like a lifetime, right? You're going to have a lifetime value with that client. The ROI is off the charts. So use your emotions, use your sensibility. You know, if you're, if you're out in public, you read an ad and it stops you in your tracks. Look at the headline. What was it about that that stuck out to you? Now use that. So I, I would suggest people just hop on my social media, look at what I'm doing and, and play with it. Right. And, uh, and please post, just, just make content, please. Yeah. And then vincentbrigance.com. That's also where they can find the trainings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So give us like a thumbnail sketch. Tell us about the programs that you're doing now. Yeah. At a really high level, there's not a lot of like theory involved. We jump into demos almost immediately. Like I, I, I talk a little bit about how we're not doing this. We're going to do that. And then it's literally who has a problem. Okay, let's let's dive into it. You get to be the hypnotist. You get to be the client. We do that for two whole days. Then uh, day three is a bonus business day where I kind of walk them through in a little bit more detail how I market things, how I come up with content, different little hacks I use on social media to find people that might be interested in the service you can provide. Um, so at a very high level, that's what we're doing. Very hands-on. Yeah, which this is coming out in September. We're episode number 425 because I was off by four to hit the 100 anniversary thing. So easy for everyone to remember, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 425. Type in the numbers. The one person who sent me a very angry email because they spelled the numbers out. I understand you. I see you. And I'm I'm you as well. But yeah, 425, <laughs> the numbers after worksmarthypnosis.com. Uh, this has been awesome to hear what you've been up to and to hear the evolution of it all as well. And uh, I'm just sure every bit of it's going to keep growing and growing. Before we wrap this up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free to like comment on this episode wherever you see it. Uh, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was. And the last thing is just that nobody was born a hypnotist, right? If you have this dream, Jason didn't come out of the womb with <laughs> a spiral thing, you know, <laughs> didn't have a pocket watch. So just consider that for a moment. No one was born a hypnotist. That means there is a series of activities that took place for someone to gain the skills they need to be competent at this. So if you're playing the game of confidence, I would just ask, stop playing that for a moment and start giving yourself an opportunity to develop that competence. Just get out there and do it. The learnings you're going to get from clients, they're not always going to feel good, but they're the most important learnings you're going to get. So that's it. No one was born it. That means you can become it. Hey, it's Jason Lynette once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with our phenomenal guests. Thank you so much for sharing your reviews of this program online. And once again, check out worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 424. That will bring you directly over to this episode with Vinny. And then also while you're on the web, check out his social media channels, check out what he's up to, and also check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Guessing sucks. Model what actually has been proven to work right now. Check that out. Join today, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. We'll see you inside. 
Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. <laughs>